0: Hey, this is John Orberg, and we're on a journey to Advent. We're learning to live with a posture of radical acceptance because God radically accepts us, and we come into the world needing God. And so, it helps us in every way accepting other people. Today, I want to talk particularly about radically accepting our fears, and actually, radically accepting all of the unwanted negative thoughts and feelings that come into our minds. And this will sound really strange and counterintuitive, and I know it, but um, stay with me all the way through this. This is something I'm working on a lot, and it really is a way to open the door to God's power to change your mind and your life and mine too. And this is a big part of why Jesus came. It's very interesting in the Advent season when you look through the passages in the Bible that talk about the coming of Jesus. The single command that is most often issued is a bit of a surprise. We might think it's, uh, uh, come let us adore him, worship the child, or we might think that it's, go tell it on the mountain, spread the good news. It's not. The number one command is, fear not, don't be afraid. Angel comes to Zechariah, who's going to be the dad of John the Baptist, and he's terrified, and the angel says, don't be afraid. Angel comes to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Angel comes to Mary with the news that you're highly favored, And God is with you, and Mary is afraid, and the angel says, don't be afraid. The angel comes to the shepherds, and uh, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, the old translation says. And the angel says, fear not, for I bring to you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. Over and over, the primary command that's most associated with the texts of Advent in the scriptures is, don't be afraid. But now this leads to uh, a great problem, which is how do I not be afraid? And here's what's terribly important, you cannot not be afraid by trying hard not to be afraid. One of the greatest problems associated, particularly with fear, but generally with unwanted thoughts and emotions, is what is sometimes called experiential avoidance. That is, we try hard to avoid our inner experiences, unpleasant thoughts, emotions, memories, desires, we try to suppress them or we try to push them away and that ends up not working. And it's for a, a very distinct reason. Research, researchers uh, work with this kind of stuff all the time and they'll find, for example, if you get a group of people and you tell them, Uh, Try very hard not to think of a yellow Jeep. Uh, Get a real vivid picture in your mind initially of what a yellow Jeep looks like and then try really hard not to think about it. It turns out that people's images of a yellow Jeep goes way up even when they're trying hard not to think about it at all. And then after that little exercise, that image of a yellow jeep keeps coming into their mind more and more. And you might think that's just because they have been reminded of a yellow jeep, but that's actually not the case. When subjects in an experiment are simply reminded of a yellow jeep, have a yellow jeep described to them, The image does not go up in their mind. It's when they try to suppress the thought that the thought actually increases. It's like a beach ball. You just can't keep holding underwater. And the reason for it is that in order to form the thought, don't think about a yellow jeep. You have to have a yellow jeep in that thought. So the very intent of suppressing it carries the thought along with it. And that's not just true for a yellow jeep. It's true for any thought. As long as you're thinking, try hard not to think about X, then X is in your mind. This is true for emotions. Try a little thought experiment around this one. Imagine, this is uh, again a high-tech drawing, imagine that that's you and you're sitting over a dunk tank and the dunk tank is full of sharks. And uh, you're in that little chair that can flip over and that box that you're hooked up to is a polygraph machine. And it is the world's most perfect polygraph machine. And if you are anxious at all, it will detect it. And the instructions given to you are, do not be anxious. Because if you're anxious, the polygraph machine will detect it and it will flip you over. But as long as you are not anxious, then you will be safe. Now, if you are in that position over that dunk tank with bloodthirsty man-eating sharks hooked up to a polygraph machine and told, do not be afraid, what do you think would happen? Well, most likely the odds of you becoming anxious will go way up because trying to suppress thoughts or feelings, experiential avoidance does not work. And the harder you try not to be anxious, the more it will make you anxious. This is true not only for our thoughts and for our feelings, but also for behavioral predispositions. If you have somebody hold a plumber's pendulum and say, now be very careful not to allow this pendulum to move, particularly don't let it move back and forth, guess which way it's most likely to move? It is more likely to move, and it's more likely to move back and forth rather than side to side. When we enter into uh, experiential avoidance really bad things happen to us. For one thing, our lives become constricted and narrow. In the Bible you see this all the time when the people are at Mount Sinai and God is present but they're afraid and they say to Moses, you go see God face to face but not us because we're terrified. Or when the Israelites live in fear over Goliath all except for David. Uh, or or when Nicodemus is afraid to be associated with Jesus so so he only comes to see him briefly and at night. What happens then is we cut ourselves off from life and openness and the presence of God and adventure. And not only that, internally, the very act of trying to suppress fear makes it go up and not down. In other words... Uh, It is generally a rule of the inner life. If you're not willing to have it, you will have it. If you are not willing to experience anxiety, you will experience anxiety. Now, we can get sneaky about this. Sometimes people will think, well, okay, if it's true that if I'm willing to have anxiety, I might experience less anxiety, then I'll try to be willing to experience anxiety so that I can experience less anxiety. But, of course, if you're doing that, if you're... Uh, Saying that you're willing to have more anxiety as a way to experience less anxiety, you are not really willing to experience anxiety, and so you will experience more anxiety. Sounds like a paradox, but it's true. I have to be genuinely willing to experience the fear, to experience the anxiety. And this gets to uh, the practice of surrender the practice of willingness before God, rather than trying to control my mind and control my life. It's interesting, when Paul talks uh, to the church at Rome, he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But he does not say, now you have to renew your minds. Sometimes we read that and we think, Oh man, my mind is such a mess, and of course my mind is a mess. And then I think I got to try harder. I got to be less afraid. I got to be less anxious. I got to be less greedy. I got to be more altruistic. I will try to suppress those negative thoughts and emotions. And uh, and of course, all that does is make things worse. Instead, I bring my mind as it is, and open it up before God, and say, now God. I'm putting you in charge of my mind. I'm not going to try to control it anymore. And the basic prayer, the foundational fundamental prayer, over and over and over, we have been learning together is, Your will be done. I can't. He can. I think I'll let him. (laughs) You may be able to hear there is a dog ferociously barking right now. Maybe you have a dog phobia. And instead of saying, well, I'm never going to be around a dog again, or I will try with my mind not to be afraid of that dog, or to try to will that dog stop barking, God, your will be done. You are at work in this moment. I am willing to experience fear. I am willing to experience anxiety. Now see, this is where it's very important to distinguish the mind and the will. Our wills, our, our wills are very important. They're very finite and limited in power. They're not able to push our thoughts around by willpower, but they're able to surrender. The will was made to surrender to God, and this is part of how we access the power of God in our lives and in our minds. The Prince of Peace has come. Do not be afraid. For I bring you good news of great joy that shall be to all people." So in this moment, whatever your fear is, you can name it. You can feel it. It's not killing you. It's not making you go away. And now I bring it to God. Dear Father, those thoughts, those circumstances, those possibilities that seem worst to me, I am not able to control. Your will be done. Your will be done. I don't want to miss experiencing you or life today. So I accept my little mind with all of its flaws and peculiarities and dark shadows. I accept it. Your will be done. Fear not good news, great joy. See you next time. Hey, we're so glad you're here. More than a video to watch, we hope this is a community you can engage with. So add your voice to the comments. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, or join our Facebook group, becomenew.me. We'll be posting daily questions and resources for you to engage with. And if you want real-time text alerts, you can text the word become to the number 56525. So take a step, get connected, and we'll see you next time.